when does it what is it is this gonna live on this will be IWT. Is it still IW? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if they changed the name of the network. That's cool. What yeah. is it in theory going to? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's at the, again, the mercy of our editor who once again, like, I, I can't ask too much of. Uh, but yeah, uh, we did two shows worth. So hopefully that's enough to kill some time so we can rest and recuperate and do another show. Are you guys still at the same place at that big, like, white studio? Yeah. Cool. It's a sick hookup. It's it should be much more expensive than it is, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna run when that into the you, ground. When is XSW hoping to get audiences back? November is what I'm aiming for. That's great. Give I think that is like one of the few like realistic yeah. show goals that I've we, heard people express. We can tomorrow if we wanted. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I think November will be better for yeah. best for everyone. Even I um, think that is a great plan. But yeah, I lost my voice a little bit because I was. Uh, studio audience as well as producer director <laughs> performer uh so i think it, I, it's it's on the up today but was uh, all of the cast like anybody who could stay all day were they just in the audience yeah, like you're yeah. <laughs> like it's your fucking end of class <laughs> improv show and absolutely nobody came yep. great <laughs> the thing is so we were in a different room in that same building but owned by the same people that was mm-hmm. smaller than what you've seen but still like sizable but Two people yelling filled the room. <laughs> like it's Great. it's That's more than enough. Um, cool. Uh, uh, oh, uh, hi, hi, everybody. My name is Nicole. Hi, my name is Fesh. And this is our podcast, Real, Real Big, Big Fix. Fix, the podcast where we don't just make fun of bad movies; we also fix them to bring out their potential. We rewrite them to be the movie that we wish we could have seen. Uh, and uh, today we have a rare international treat. It's, this is definitely the first, right? Uh, I think V2 would technically have been the oh, first, but sure. we didn't rewrite that movie. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. wrote a new movie for Jackie Chan yeah. and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this is the first one that is like truly we're doing this yeah. movie. We are we are reviewing a French movie from, I want to say, 2017? I think 18 is like what that. I saw. But again, it might be one of those when did it, pre- when did it yeah. premiere, premiere at Cannes uh, no wait this was at Cannes uh, to 2018 you're right uh, it is called The Most Assassinated Woman in the World bad title make it murdered it makes more it's just the most murdered woman come on the most murdered in the, woman in the world uh, lose in the world even just most murdered woman come on Yes. Now, I will say that is one of many things that is historically accurate. Sure. So I, I guess I'll give them a pass on that. But also, the 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 plot combines a lot of things that are historically accurate with this overall like murder plot that uh, didn't happen in real life. Right. So if they're already taking liberties the with Paula Max's yep. life, then they may as well just, just have a better title. Uh, so The Most Assassinated Woman in the World is a French movie. It is based on the true story of the Grand Guignol Theater, uh, which was in France and and sort of became famous as a very, like, gory horror theater. Um, it, like, pioneered, like, a naturalistic style of horror. But this was, like, naturalistic in the 20s, so sure. today it would seem very, like, melodramatic okay, to yeah. us. <laughs> but at the time, it was like, wow, people are, like, actually getting murdered on stage. They, like pioneered a ton of uh, very realistic special effects, many of which are still in use today. The, they came up with like a, a special kind of blood that would congeal under the stage lights, which I think was literally like raspberry preserves right. or something. But it's it was apparently like so realistic. Nobody had ever seen it before. It was like, like Law and Order, they ripped stories from the headlines. Oh. And so people were interested in that. This movie takes place at that theater and it is centered on Paula Maxa, who was the most lauded actor from the Grand Guignol Theater in real life. She Mm -hmm. is the most assassinated woman in the world because of how many times she has been murdered on stage and all the various ways that that uh, that has happened. And the plot of this movie is a little convoluted. I'm going to just summarize it in the shortest way possible. But there's this journalist, Jean, who is sent to like do a story about the theater and about Maxa. Uh, and uh, needless to say, he ends up falling in love with her. And then his uh, editor tells him, we actually want you to do a story that's reporting on the theater and its connection to these local murders because they always seem to know Mm. what's going on with these murders. So we think maybe they're causing the murders so they'll have something to write a play about or something. And uh, Jean's like, no, I want to do a human interest piece about this murder theater. So that's like happening in the background. And then, so Paula Maxa is the most assassinated woman in the world on stage, but now someone's trying to assassinate her for real. 
uh, which I don't think is a bad uh, no, place sounds, to start. I think everything sounds, that has been said so far is cool Sounds like hell. it should have been cool, yeah. right? <laughs> and I will say there is some cool as hell shit in here still, too. Yeah. Um, I would say like the the actual plays on yeah. stage and stuff, which I think are all based on actual plays right. that were performed there, was cool. The one where she gets stabbed in the eye with scissors, incredible. Basically, it's this convoluted thing. There's a guy who's in a booth at the play who like is having sex while she gets murdered. Which is uh, also based in fact, there were, it, the the theater is built like in an old church and there are boxes, like private boxes at the top where nuns used to watch the services. And then apparently people in the 20s would get so uh, emotionally aroused overall by the spectacle they were seeing on stage that they would then have sex in these booths hmm. to release hmm. the tension or something. I don't know. That's This is what Wikipedia said. So that, that part is based on fact. But this guy is a man from Pauline's past who uh, like raped and murdered her sister on the beach. And he tried to do the same thing to Paula, but she survived. And now he's this aristocrat and he's come back to finish the job. And then they trap him or something by having the final play that Paula Maxa does recreate that Mm-hmm. scene where her sister dies and Paula plays her sister. And uh, then I don't totally remember how that is supposed to trap. <laughs> uh, I think his name is Eugene. Uh, during the, oh yes, okay. So uh, I forgot. So the owner of the theater also supplies Eugene, who is the guy who almost murdered Paula, mm-hmm. with like a series of prostitutes who look enough like Paula that he can pretend that he's killing her. So he mm-hmm. kills all these prostitutes. And then they, the theater uses their corpses in various special effects for their plays. And that is like, the theater is rumored to have like used, uh, like oh, had, had a deal, not, not human body parts, but like had deals with like local butchers and stuff. So if for somebody more, was like, dismembered, and stuff, got exactly, exactly. So I think that is where that came from. And then they do this play that is based on Paula's, uh, true experience And then uh, Eugene, because he has a deal with the theater owner, steps on stage thinking that he's going to really get to kill Paula. And then they kill him uh, on stage. Yes. That's basically it. It it was so convoluted. That's like the basic plot. I don't totally remember how it ends because the Wikipedia is not what I remember happening. But uh, keep going. Yeah, this is one of those movies where I'm like, uh, I want to be in this. I'm not into this. If I found out that everyone around me thought this was a good movie, I'd go, oh, okay, I guess uh, it was a good movie and I don't get it. Like, there's nothing Uh about it that is glaringly embarrassing. You know what I mean? It's just boring. Yeah. It's very boring for something that should have been very cool. Yeah, what we just described rocks to a degree at least. And instead, it's just very wafery, I guess is the way I would put it. Just it's very, I don't know. I I don't know. French, maybe? (laughs) Um, Could be? You know, I've watched a lot of French movies this year and I don't even think it was especially. it, It felt, I don't know. It, tr- it felt like somebody who kind of got the general vibe of what like a Sweeney Todd is. And we're like, I want to make something like that. And then I didn't even think didn't about quite... Sweeney Todd. Holy moly. Yeah. It's, very... I think stuff like Sweeney Todd is kind of the legacy yeah. of the, the, the Grand Guignol theater. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just somebody who doesn't. My big issue with this movie is there's like no fun to no. it. I mean, it, so, so so my first thing is showbiz things are always dangerous for me because I'm always of the mind of like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about the backstage. I want to just watch the show. Shut yeah, up. Like, yeah, your show is so <laughs> much. more. That's why like movies about like wrestling are always like impossible for me. I'm like, just tell this story through wrestling. That's all. That's, just do it. I don't yeah. I don't need to see the backstage like and to to present me with the dangling carrot of. Just a schlocky gore fest live act, like live stage. Yes, live, what's the word? Live stage experience, I guess. And then be like, yes, but also we're just gonna have some slow French conversations for most of this. I was like, uh, can I just see the guy get his eye plucked out over and over again instead? Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's um, that's the danger. Yes, and and if they had done the external murder plot as much justice as they did to the depictions of like right. the stage play then it could have been fine or you know I, I guess this is i don't know if this would be a real big fix but uh, my middle like the runner should be to me much more expressionistic to be like 
maybe show mm-hmm. us one show at the top mm-hmm. and make it very clear that this is this is this is the liminal real life not yeah. too heightened but it's a theater and then let's start seeing these murders in real life but we present them in expressionistic over dramatic fantasy stylings yeah. that are still practical That's way better and especially cuz cuz then like I don't. I honestly don't know if we need the journalist involved no. in all of this, no. uh, or if if he is there, then I, I think it has to be about like this theater. This newspaper's like we got a scoop. This theater is like causing all of these murders, and then the journalist goes to like investigate the murders, and then we see the murders on stage. Yeah, and then that's like its own movie. But if you're talking about the most assassinated woman in the right. world, that's like a different. A, and it is about thing. her. It's about her, like her past. So. Let's focus yes. on that. So the journalist needs to be more of a cipher, more of an audience surrogate than a plot machination. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, even he doesn't even to be a character. It's just kind of like he is who we're following to get us to all this stuff. There's a, an anthology movie, I think called Cat's Eye. It's just four separate little movies or vignettes. And just there's a cat that wanders from one to the other. <laughs> And that that is all of the 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 connective tissue that whole movie needs. And I'm like, yeah, that's that all rules. journalists needs, <laughs> right? Like we and don't. And also the so this theater, the plays that they performed were all like short plays. They were like 20, 30 minutes long, and you'd see like five yeah. of them in a night. Yeah. So that would also like mirror what they were actually doing, right? And you know would would serve the movie better. Yes. Um. But okay, let's say. Uh, I'm not married to keeping this part, but like, let's say that the the culmination is we're doing this play that's based on a traumatic moment from Paula's past. Then I think the movie has to start with, hey, Paula, we're going to do this play that's a traumatic moment from your past. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, I will not do it or whatever. Right. That is the one thing I would do anything for the Grand Guignol Theater, but Just I would not quick, do that. What is the name of the theater? Uh, in French, it's uh, Grand Guignol, Which but is I would big. say uh, Guignol is like a puppet. It's like a Punch oh. and Judy style puppet. That's awesome. And I don't know anything about it other yeah. than like because the theater opened. The other thing about this theater is it, um, like, it was one of the few theaters in France that like openly dealt with like class issues and mm. made plays about poor people cool. that were not uh, like uh, you know lames. So it started as just sort of like a political commentary theater or like a like a just a theater that generally did plays that were outside of the normal like fancy rich sphere and then that sort of morphed into uh horror plays because those ended up being the most successful Hmm. so so guignol is like a punch and judy style puppet that was used to what is punch and comments about uh punch and judy oh you don't know punch and judy Mm. i'll send you a video after the podcast they're like uh they're like uh british pup they're like sort of the quintessential to uh, British puppets who uh, gotcha. Uh, you have certainly seen like Santa Claus parodies of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any any like cartoon or anything yeah. you've seen a parody of. Punch I just hadn't TV. heard that term. Okay, cool. Yeah, and and Guignol is like a puppet that was specifically used to make commentary about class issues. Gotcha. So that's just the name. It's not. Yeah, it's gotcha. it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not. It doesn't mean anything gotcha. other than it's. Uh, I think literally, if you translate it. If you put it into Google Translate, it would say like the big puppet theater. <laughs> um, Love it. Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think we got to open with, we know you had this traumatic incident in your past. Maybe that's why you're so good at, at being murdered. You're this like ingenue. Who... Yeah. My, th- you know, it's a classic fashion. Like I think the big classic fashion notes are add some fucking levity and go in <laughs> order. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't, I don't think are hard fast rules forever i just think we've just shifted too far to yeah. that the standard is to to have flashbacks and all that shit but i i yeah. just feel like i don't know not every movie is meant to be a, a summer rewatch over and over again but yeah. it, it does just feel like when you tell their story in that way that that to me reduces like the fun of watching it again where it's like if, if the whole, i know that's the sh- it's a mystery and so the mystery is like, but a it's big not part. really yes, a mystery. I know that's the, the other thing. thing that's annoying. The there isn't. It's not like like we know that somebody is like sending kind of cryptic, threatening messages to Paula Maxa, but it's not like there's a cast of characters that it's like it who could, could it be, be? any yeah. one of these people. It's like it's the it's the creepy guy that you see in single shots sometime, <laughs> and we right. don't really know who he is until it's explained what so her backstory it's not a is. Who done it? But a how catch him? But also that those breadcrumbs are set up pretty obviously 
too to be like, yeah, this is he's here it's, all the time, so we're gonna catch him. Like, yeah, it, yeah. So that whole part of it doesn't work for yeah. me. I would rather. I don't know that we have the bandwidth on this podcast to like write a really compelling mystery. Sure, uh, but we can give it a try. Yeah, I think if we do that, then we need more like a bigger cast of characters. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the energy that the movie's going for, if if it's more about con- confrontation of a predator, mm-hmm. then yeah, if especially based on her history, like, uh, and again, based on a real person, but it's like, if you're going to do that, it would mean like, to me, a very simple solution is like, w- w- because she was young or because it was traumatic mm-hmm. or he wore a mask. <laughs> like, I don't know. She doesn't like imme- know who the guy was. Mm-hmm. And that's how you now, can turn that into a whodunit. One thing that we could incorporate or we don't have to is the Grand Guignol Theater was like famous for publicity stunt type stuff. So they, they were like, we keep a doctor on staff in case anybody yes. faints. So cool. And then and then sometimes it would be the doctor who fainted. Ah, um, <laughs> that rules. Uh, and and like that kind of stuff. So it is within the realm of possibility that the Grand Guignol Theater would do something like Paula Paula Maxa suffered this horrible trauma when she was in her youth, and we got the guy who did it to her to be at the play tonight. Yeah. Nobody knows who he is. Like that's that is okay. conceivably a thing that that they would do, and so that could even be how great we get this set up. And then Paula Maxa hears they're doing this publicity stunt, and she's like, "No, that's, <laughs> that's I don't." Yeah. What are you doing? This is beyond a publicity stunt now. Like, my life is literally in danger. And again, I don't know if this is how the actual theater functioned, but just coming from a carny world here, it could just be the person who runs the show just being like, oh, it's not, we're just saying that. <laughs> like, it's, we're not yeah. actually going to bring them in. But then, whoops, a movie. But then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then little breadcrumbs to be like, right. no, he's actually here. This yeah. is, this it's not the guy the you hired, but the like, actual guy's here because he saw the advertisement. Yeah, the, that's that perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe he like has her scarf or something from childhood. Right, whatever. And she finds it in her. Need. Yeah, she finds it in her dressing room in like a, like a you know a present or whatever. And there's and a mu- music box like, that's playing the song that was at the exactly, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. All of those uh, great horror tropes. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe we start out with that. Maybe, uh, maybe she even agrees. Like the the. Um, the director or, or whatever the 1920s version of a publicist is, uh, is like, hey, we want to do a play. We know that this you had this really hard experience growing up. We want to do a play about it. And Tons then you get her. We're going to come. And she's like, well, OK, you know, I think I've moved on from it. Right. You get a monologue that's like very French and very much about suffering for your art and yeah, dodging yeah. up these fucking things. Yeah. Exactly. If you want to be and a then, performer. You're going to have to get to that, you know, the base of your nerve. And yeah. Yeah, but I think what we do, I think we open the movie on, I think, close-up shot of getting stabbed in the eye with scissors. Hell yeah. <laughs> Never going to say no reveal. to that note. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom out to reveal it's in a theater yeah. and people in the audience are freaking out. Go backstage, moment of levity with the cast. Oh, yeah. I know we're joking around, making it funny. jumped quickly into to fixing. I just want to do one little skiff dunking here. Uh, that yeah. opening monologue where I'm like, is this a fucking comedy? Because she just lists every way she's ever died. <laughs> and it takes like yeah. a full 70 seconds. It's so long. It's so funny. It's, it would be one thing if she listed the ways it, she was like, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Paula Maxell and I've been uh, I've been dismembered, burned alive, hung and stabbed but it, it she does she that does and that it for goes four, 10 she, times longer than that yeah it's 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 every type yeah. like stoned dragged by horses yeah. <laughs> somebody held my nose for a really long time uh, <laughs> i ate unhealthy for years <laughs> <laughs> that would be very funny a play that's just about just a guy who's like you can have another dope <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then the play spans the course of 80 years it's like ha i got you finally yep. <laughs> so i was like i, I again because it is translated i'm reading subtitles mm-hmm. i'm like uh, it's I don't a, think is it, it a macabre sense humor. of humor and then then yeah as the rest of the movie goes on you're like nope that's not what that was supposed to it be it was just bad pacing yes. which happens throughout the rest of the movie i think we can i think we can make that a joke yeah if we do still have the journalist as a kind of audience surrogate and he's like hey, okay uh, tell me about yourself uh, and she starts listing the way uh, she's died and he's like okay okay very interesting how about and then she keeps going uh-huh. he's like okay oh, 
you know, okay, I think I've, I think I've got it. Can we talk about, and then she just keeps listing them and listing them. And then I think we get the actual joke version of yeah. that. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll have that at some point, but, but so yeah, we see a play that's like the cold open to the movie backstage. People are like laughing and we see it's like a theater and they're theater kids at heart and they're having a fun time. And then that's when we introduce this, uh, you know, element of, we want to do the traumatic thing that happened to you on stage. Uh, and she agrees to do it for her art. And then that's where the journalist, I think, can come in and interview her about like, you know, what's it going to be like to relive this trauma that that you experienced? Uh, and she says whatever the version with a 1920s version of, uh, you know, I've I've been to therapy. I've worked right. through it all. And he's <laughs> I like, mean, I okay. think the, the if you're working at this macabre French big puppet theater and this is your bread and butter, I think the idea might be like. This is my therapy in the 1920s. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? there you like, go. You know. Great. Perfect. This, I think theater is the way that we work through things. People come to this theater to have like an emotional catharsis. Right. Uh, and and this is yeah, and it's, doing it's this performance how while we're mine. we're depicting a bloodletting, it is emotional bloodletting. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. yeah. This the, famously the plays that showed at this theater were not like. Uh, had no deeper meaning and were not metaphorical. Yeah, they were great. just gross. Fuck. Um, All right, so but, now if I get the ability to time travel, right. I go to WrestleMania 9 and then I go to this theater <laughs> to check this shit out. Let's yeah. Go. But then I think she's doing this interview and they're doing this kind of puff piece about her because they want to publicize her former trauma so that people know that the story they're doing is actually based on what happened to her in real life. And then I think the murder her her enemy in this sees that puff piece and is like oh, i'll go why not i'll go oh no because we said it was going to be that the theater was going to be like we've got the actual yeah. guy who yeah, attacked yeah. her right okay so it could be uh, both i mean when we see their lair there's the you know the newspaper cut out and the and the flyer for the thing yeah why there not why not uh flyer for the thing paula maxa walks in with the flyer and is like uh you're getting this guy to come this is a terrible idea. He's a psychopath. He almost murdered me right. when I was 19. I do not, I will do this play. I'll do whatever you and want. And this is I a nice entryway for the, the engineer guy to, who does all the effects. We get just like a- Who was a real guy. He's like the father Absolutely. of modern special yeah. effects. So we get just like a beautiful, we get a monologue about like art and the theater uh, and, and our emotional release as we see him building and executing these props about yes. how- this is, is the same thing. This is just as fake as what we're about to do. This is a carny thing. Uh, yeah. It's all fake. It's all bullshit. And then if you want to take it further, an existentialist, like that's life in general. It's all fake. It's all, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just to, e- even if you did it for real, and this is getting into wrestling territory, but even if you did it for real, even when we cut your head for real, the fact that you're doing it for an audience is what makes it fake. And that's, so yeah, you can use a real event, but if a real event is made, if you're just, you know, doing it to make money anyway. <laughs> what does it matter? You know, like that. That's, sure. And then again, I think uh, the scene ends. They're like friends. And I think the scene ends with him giving her a flower and she's like, okay, thank you. And then he like squeezes a bulb and it squirts yeah. blood in yep, her face. Exactly. And then, <laughs> yeah. so and his, then it's like, cool. There's jokes in the movie. Right. Now. And Something his, happened. And, and now we yeah. have a character that is his whole yeah. deal is, you know, essentially I've cr- cracked the matrix now that I'm yeah. able to create death visually it's made me realize how not scary that is in general and how much life is a joke so that's yeah, why we yeah. do the macabre. we even have one of those speeches like when i was a little kid i was scared of everything until i realized right. that i could yeah. Right. yeah 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 so she's like okay okay fine and then that's when they start going into rehearsals or or they're still doing like other they're still doing like just uh other plays uh and then after a play one day, she goes to her dressing room. Somebody's like, uh, you know, Meta Maxa, there's a, somebody has a, sent a gift for you and she opens it and it's her scarf. And that's when she realizes, no, I think that needs to be, that needs to yeah, come it's later. Just we need postcard. like the music box first. It's a postcard, a postcard from the beach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, and then she's like, she writes it off as like, I'm being paranoid until she gets this physical piece of evidence that only one guy could have this. Yeah. And then I think she goes to theater management and says she wants to, like, nope, we have to cancel this. Like, it's too dangerous for me. I don't know what he's going to do to everybody else in the cast. Uh, they're like, you're overreacting. And then maybe I never overact. No, overreact. <laughs> um, one of those. Overacting is overreacting. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then uh, I think she has to work with Paul to kind of prepare herself for whatever might be coming and i think you know again it's going to be hard for us to maybe come up with this right now 
But uh, what if it's Ocean's Eleven style and they bait and switch on the audience, like us, the viewers as well, to be like, so we think we know what the plan is. Love it. But then, oops, it goes wrong. And oops, that was actually all part of it too. And then I I think maybe, I think it might be fun to end everything in, uh, can't believe I'm referencing this, in in a Captain Marvel moment of, you think there's going to be this big complicated plan and maybe uh, her enemy (laughs) gives a big speech and then just immediately she just shoots him or something. It's like, well, that takes care of that. But obviously it would be more of a build. So so the obvious thing is the classic fake gun actually has a real bullet in it, right? Uh Fake knife, real knife. That's all all of those things. And they do, I think part of how they end this movie is fake knife, real knife, right? Right. right. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe it's less Ocean's Eleven. Maybe it's just one of those more Star Wars The Last Jedi. It's like, we have all these plans and then none of them work and then it just comes mm-hmm. down to, yeah, all right. But, well, that one ends with just, they get away and we have to wait for the next one, but... uh Well, and then I think they try, they do this a little bit in the movie, but I think maybe she kills him on stage in front of an audience of during a play and and then the audience loves it but it calls back to that monologue from the prop master about how you're doing it on stage in front of an audience. Uh, you know, is it real or is it, right. is it a play uh, kind of thing? And I don't, I think in this one, I think the audience realized that it was a real murder. I think in ours, maybe they no, don't. Because we, so earlier in the movie, we pull a gimmick where it's part of the gag is somebody goes, this isn't part of the play. This is real. <laughs> and then gets killed. Right. So it's a yeah. boy cries wolf thing. That's what this is. The most assassinated woman is a boy who cried wolf because then when she tries to pull yeah. that later. People... Oh, yeah. I'm going to get killed tonight. I'm going to get killed tonight. Yeah. You get killed every night, right. Paula. No, but a real guy's coming. Yeah, that was all part of the plan. This is all. This is. It's the same way that people, again, going to bring up wrestling, but like people who are smarter than wrestling in their own minds, very smug. They are if they are forced to watch one match, they'll be like, whoa, did he actually hit him? It's like, <laughs> no, you wait, you've purported that this is all phony baloney, but because the guy threw spit out of his mouth selling, you think he knocked out a tooth? You're a dumb mark. <laughs> like, uh, that's, uh, yeah, so I think that uh, energy of, like, uh, just playing the knobbing up on the baseball bat of who's outsmarting who uh, in art and uh, faking death is, 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 or faking violence in general. Yeah. It's a dangerous game, quite frankly. <laughs> Uh, just like wrestling is, Fesh. Right. And uh, and just, you see these kids on the indie scene being like, all right, I'm going to do two flips off of a ladder into a burning table. And it's like, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. But how sustainable is that being? And then who's mm-hmm. going to try to heighten to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing when all you really need to do is do a really well-worked punch to get people on board? Yeah. And again, I don't even think that needs to be the thrust of our version of this movie. It's just another theme that we can hit to be like, how sustainable is faking your own death <laughs> like that's yeah it's it's you're on you're literally on borrowed time in real life so how long can you keep up this in the fake life you know one thing that i i don't think they did it very well in the movie but one thing that i thought was kind of funny was there's this so the the theater's incredibly popular not everybody can get it every night and so the, there's basically just a guy who stands outside the theater and describes what's happening on stage to the people yeah. outside the theater <laughs> um and i i think there's i think we should keep that i yeah. think we should make it funnier and also have it like affect the story somehow like impact maybe what's happening on the play like in his little game of telephone where he's telling stuff to the audience maybe he gets something wrong and the actual murderer is one of these people standing outside the theater and so he has bad information about what's happening inside the theater Mm. so he like can't kill paula he like goes to the wrong stage door or something so he can't kill her something like that could be fun and that's another uh little runner we can use and just have it be like all right so i don't uh was were they in like a circle or a line like how how was that they were just sort of in a mob outside of they were just all clustered together so they could hear her scream because she famously is a good screamer we do uh i don't know what the shot's called but we, we we totally circle around him while he's telling it the first time yeah and then the second time we only do a semicircle, and then the third time it's like, oh, this guy has been here the whole time. It's this guy. Like if you watch it the first yeah. time, you wouldn't have noticed him. But he and was again, there. they sort of tried to do that in the movie because when okay, here's the other thing is 
there's there's a character named Paula and a character named Paul. Uh-huh. And there's a there are two Jeans in this movie. Mm-hmm. Jean the the murderer and Jean the reporter. Mm-hmm. And I just think, first of all, okay, so Paula and Paul, they're based on real people. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh call them Paula and Paul. Uh, but the two Jeans are characters that were made up for this movie. We don't need them. There's not a case of mistaken identity right. with them or anything. So there's no reason for them to have the same name. Yeah. Little thick. Before John the Reporter, before his first time going to the theater, meets uh, like bumps into a guy outside right. and they talk about how excited they are for the play. And then they realize who the murderer is. Flashback. It's the guy Jean was talking to. But again, it doesn't matter because we don't like we see him in the box and he's clearly being a creep and a murderer. So it's yeah. not like a huge reveal. And again, if this <sighs> Knives Out does a good job of being like, it kind of doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. As long as we know they're here. And with a lot of these, not even just mur- literally murder mysteries, but just movies that have to do with the actually finding the MacGuffin, <laughs> where it's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't get it. That it doesn't matter. I, 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 you know, somebody gets unmasked and it's <gasps> a guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> unless it is directly like pulling the rug out of your expectations to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I never would have assumed it was our good, faithful guy who plays the doctor. Then it doesn't like, yeah, yeah. We the audience are already seeing who the guy is. There could even be a moment where in the play they pull the mask off, literally the murderer yeah. off of Jean, uh, and everybody in the audience is like, <gasps> "Who is that? Who is that? Exactly. Was he yeah. in the play, or did I miss it?" Like, <laughs> yeah, because that's the other thing. So there's an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode called Jake and the Leprechaun. That's about a play. That's about the Willow of the Wisp, all these Irish uh, folktale stuff. And the guy turns out to actually be like not the cartoon version of a leprechaun. He is a terrifying, a yeah. big, scary guy. And this place are leprechauns big? Well, I, I no, I think they are small. Maybe Hold he on. wasn't supposed to be a leprechaun. Jordan, are you awake? Are leprechauns big? No. Okay, Jordan says that they are not big, and he's okay. the expert in cryptids. Sure, sure. So, so I maybe this guy was. A, a different thing within Irish mythology. Okay, but the, the, a, a real life leprechaun help, who is small helps out the kid. To he he's a changeling. That's it. He was a changeling. A changeling. He was okay. a changeling. And the guy was tricking the kid in the play to switch places or steal his youth or whatever through drinking something that's in the play. He made the thing in the play uh-huh. real. It's a the same thing we're talking about, but it's magic instead of murder. But anyway, the whole thing is a showdown, and the kid switches it on him. Because, you know, he has the chance to look at the script and then say, I'm not going to say those lines. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, it, if you were an audience member, he does the thing where he goes, this isn't part of the play. And they also, they they play into it. But then magic happens before their eyes in a way that can't be uh-huh. theatrical. They watch a man turn into a toad. And I guess <laughs> with the right smoke and the whatever. But that's it. It's the same thing. The smartest fans are the, hard, the easiest ones to work where it's just like, I am so confident that magic isn't in this world that when it shows before my eyes, I'm like, well, you know, those theater kids, they can figure out anything. Uh-huh. And the idea of cutting away to audiences for gags to be in their response being like, uh, you know, we can have a, a grab bag of people. It's and maybe that's another runner we get. It's the we, mm. we check in with three different fans throughout the movie. And one yeah. person, I guess. I think there's got to be, because the, the other thing with this theater is like the, like a lot of the special effects that they use would be like, you get stabbed in the eye and they use like early latex and this like incredibly advanced, like kind of blood for the time. So it does look real, yeah. but they also like use lighting tricks and stuff right. c- to kind of like misdirect you. Like it's like a magic trick. Right. And so I think there's a guy in the eye who's like, ah, I'm going to figure yeah, out how they the skeptic, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then maybe that guy does figure out how the literal murder is going to happen because, because he notices that, because the, the murder He's is like, not orchestrated right. the like with the artistry right. that like a fake murder would be yeah you know right. Yeah, like like he's not the murderer is not trying to misdirect you into looking at another part of the exactly stage. He's just a murderer right there you go like that yeah. and then i think that guy walks out of the out of the theater be, feeling pretty smug <laughs> that he was able to figure that out cool and then i think it i think it does end with like a showdown on stage in front of people where for whatever reason, like Paula has to know that nobody else is going to come to her aid. Somehow Jean has like locked all of the, like the only crew out of the theater who would know that this, this was danger. 
he uh, has her on stage and is like, I'm going to murder you in front of all these people and they're not going to stop it because they are going to think it's a play. And, you know, she has to figure out how to, how yeah, to save and herself. The, and and it, unlike it, the plays at the theater, this is about, again, confronting yeah. your past, quite frankly. like it, it, Even him being the literal murderer in our movie would be a metaphor for your memory about your traumas. Um, yeah, exactly. And you're just facing them head on. And then, uh, yeah, and then I think he starts to give this big artistic speech. Maybe she even jumps into the, like, maybe there's, like, a constable or something in the audience, and she just takes his gun and shoots him. Right. And everybody was like, wow, that was a crazy play. And even the constable's like, oh, yeah, I guess I, 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 <laughs> I guess that was part of the play, even though it's like, it's your gun, guy. <laughs> so that's where the Captain Marvel stuff comes in, because his speech gets cut yeah. off with the bullet. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, maybe the lesson at the end of it is like, like, you don't have to confront your trauma in the most aggressive way possible. Right, right. You know, like, it's like, they're like. And maybe there is some kind of open-ended Twilight zone thing where it's like, especially if we have been seeing these real-life murders in the operatic style that I referred to earlier, mm-hmm. uh, that there is some kind of magical realism, or at least representational of that, that once it's over, when she walks off, we kind of, I mean, I don't know if it has to be a POV shot, but the understanding is, Oh, she sees six more dudes who look like him. Yeah, like, he's everywhere. It's now. never gonna not be there, even if you killed the literal guy. That is still part of her. And then anybody who wants to read it into, wait, that wasn't even actually the guy. Yeah, can read it into <laughs> They'll it. They'll all way. be wrong, but yes, yeah. there will be those guys. Cool. I, uh, geez, we're only forty minutes into the podcast, mm. and I feel good about this fix. Any other little bits we want to pitch? Hmm. Do we want so so the in the existing movie her trauma is that when she was 19 and her sister was 17 or something mm-hmm. they went to the beach with this guy Jean who had a limp and that's how you identify him for the rest of the movie right. is he has a he had a weird the one man in all of France to have a limp with a limp yeah the one man who had polio in the early 1900s <laughs> um so they go to the beach with this guy named Jean uh and I think I think he was maybe engaged to marry Paula and then at the beach he tries to kill Paula, and then I think Paula's sister saves Paula somehow, and then he kills Paula's sister, and her final words to Paula are like, run, run. And so Paula manages to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the movie, she sees her sister, like, in the bathtub, right. her, like, walking down the street. And it's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think it's supposed to be played like, is this a ghost? But it oh, doesn't really I never read, read that, it way. that way. Yeah, I would. I think at the beginning they're just trying to be generally creepy, but because they don't like define. Yeah, this movie doesn't really pick a lane is. in terms of of anything. No, really, it's just like again mystery. I guess uh, the term thriller is a tricky one because I think a lot of movies that I capital L love are thrillers, but I think mm-hmm. there's a, it gives to a lot of spill away that is just like yeah movies that haven't picked a lane. It's like a drama that has two jump scares. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's a thriller. <laughs> it's like yeah. Ah, so this it is yeah when 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 you are like well was that a mental manifestation or a ghost i shouldn't be asking that question because there's not supposed to be a difference again metaphor the ghost of the metaphor for ghosts is like memories of trauma and uh Mm -hmm. misdeeds that you've done in the past so uh, yeah it's just i don't know pick pick a lane and yeah for this to be a mystery thriller that is a lot of conversation and interspliced with what we know is fake murder. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just tricky territory. Oh, I have two separate thoughts. Uh, one, do we want to keep that being her backstory? Sure. I, yeah, I don't really have an issue with it. I think probably there's a more fun. Again, it just doesn't need to be sparsed out like that. I think yeah. what I was about to say was, I think cold open is that we cut to, and we see, I don't know how long those shows typically were, but we see like a solid chunk like a good yeah. 20 minutes of this is the fucking show. And again, the same YouTubers are going to break this down. are going to be like, actually, if you watch the show, it's the whole movie. They do <laughs> the whole movie in the first 20 minutes. Like, uh, yeah, uh, maybe on some, I, I think it might be a little purge to be like, cool, we gave it to you. So I don't sit there and go, go back to that. I want to see more of that. Yeah, we, we saw it. That's the show. That's why people do this. And that's why we it shows that she's talented at it. Because when she just lists yeah. all the things that she does, I'm like, OK, sure. But when we see I know we see the one, but like, show me the show. I don't know. I just yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that'd be. No, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, the, my only issue with her backstory is it feel it's like 
it's one of those things where it's like there's sexual assault, right. so you know it's, it's serious. Because yeah. um, that's the thing that sucks about that monologue where she lists everything. The button, the last one she says is and raped and you're like well so this isn't a joke okay well shit now i feel yeah. like an asshole for finding this funny and that's not the point because i was never supposed to find it funny in the first place yeah whatever we'll just keep it we don't need to change everything about the movie but it i think in a perfect world her either it would be used in a in a way other than just like it's rape so it's serious yeah. uh or it would just be he's a murderer he just likes to murder and that people, is an interesting is... thing and i'm not going to put the whole world in trial about this but it is so strange that it's like and i'm not this is not me saying we should be allowed to say rape jokes i can understand how it feels like it's going to be that but i'm just like <laughs> so funny it's like we've all gone yes let's not do that Right, uh-huh. the good people have at least they're like, yes, we are not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Murder's fair play. I mean, come on, it's murder. What? It's not so bad. And I well, get, it can happen to anybody. Fish. Sure, sure. I mean, I might argue the other, but uh, but yes. It, yeah. it, but it's also it's that thing where it's like it's so intense, mm-hmm. and it, you know, typically you don't see jokes about a specific victim's murder. It's more about the general idea. Uh, I mean, allow me to introduce you to O.J. Simpson jokes on Twitter, although I guess those are more about those him. Those are about, about him. Nicole. And also, I don't know. Are they still going on? Are people tweeting about O.J. murders all the time? Yeah. Oh, OK. I missed that. Well, especially like because the anniversary of the car chase sure, just sure, sure. happened. But again, so. that's about the milieu around it. They're not like sure. Jennifer Simpson got this, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, but maybe there are. Maybe there are some sick, twisted freaks out there who still do. But it, I think it's it's like it's it's incomprehensible because there aren't survivors of murder to come and tell us that it's horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Whereas the other, it's very much like, no, Hey guys, this is <laughs> no one should well, have to experience. The other, thing, the other thing about that is like, we've all decided all the good people decided we yeah. don't do rape jokes, yeah. uh, but we're still willing to use that at the beginning of a movie to indicate that's that what it's I'm a, complaining a about, serious though. bad that's, thing yes, happened. Yeah, exactly. It's, and I do it's like, think, it's no different than joking about it. And I don't think but, that's universal. I think there are plenty of people I, I've certainly seen on Twitter who are like, stop. It, again, it's like fridging to a degree. It's just like, this is a cheap, ugly yeah. way to get a bunch of shit across. That, yeah. uh, the same way that I talk about wrestling, it's like, I think anything is on the table through art. You just have to just to justify it. And if that takes yeah. a long grueling road to get there that's the choice you made because you want to use this taboo but you can't just yeah. flippingly use all this shit but again and in this movie it, different aside from the fact that she's like kind of haunted by visions of her sister that specific trauma is never really yeah they addressed. Treat it, it doesn't seem to influence same, her character yeah it's just kind of like and you know it's on the list. It was there too. Both in terms of like the real incident that happened to her and in, yeah. the list of, of things that have happened to her on stage. Yeah. And again, there's if, if, if a survivor is writing a movie about that and it's unpacking that and this is how they are healing from that, that's obviously a very different story. This does not feel at all it, it, like that. that, yeah. that it, it's just it's just window dressing in this. And again, mm-hmm. like you're saying, it's it's put it's tacking it on to make it feel real or serious or important. When it's mm-hmm. like, it's just simply not earned. It's not, it's just there. <laughs> and again, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have some xenophobic tendencies, especially with uh, white foreigners. But uh, they, it just it feels, oh, it's French. They're more flip with that shit, probably, is like my, my understanding. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So all of that being said, let's do change her backstory a little bit. Just because I don't... Uh, I don't know that we've really done the work to unpack her sexual yeah. trauma. In and this and movie. again, in terms of what's enough for a movie, my sister was killed. Yeah, in <laughs> front of me. That's plenty fr- reason to be scared of this guy. And she offered herself to save me. Right. Is like that's a big thing. Let's just do that. Yeah. So I think that that story from Paula's past can say, stay the same. And they are maybe recreating that beach thing. That there's a scene in the movie that where the special effect was like she's trying to run away, but there's like a bungee cord around her mm. waist. Well, again, another metaphor, but it's... <laughs> it's Yeah, but they didn't think it was. Right, that's, what, that's why I want that engineer speech of like... Engineer, sh- I think. Uh, in magic, they call it engineer. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. The prestige. That's what they. That's the. It's uh, all a whole thing in there. Okay. So I guess maybe if this technically doesn't fall under magic, it's prestidigitation no matter what. I think like, it. I think it falls under magic because uh, they referenced magicians a bunch of times yeah. in the Wikipedia. It's, about it's the, the same guy, mechanics so. at the very least, if a yeah. different art form. But yeah. So so again, just like. The rare opportunity just to really break down how it's like, yes, special effects are replicating literal things, but also, yeah, this is, I don't know, as a horror movie fan who can't appreciate shit that is no, there are no metaphors for, uh, you know, when you find one that is like good and and able Mm -hmm. to pull it off, it feels so, what's the word, vindicating. Uh, the, yeah, I, on some level, it's a little of me being going, I, I'm not as dumb as you guys think I am. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, again, it's like the, the most of this stuff comes from somewhere. Yeah. It, even if it's completely bastardized by the second movie in a franchise. But then but... I think then I think the the pig headed theater owner comes in at the end of his speech and he's like, Hey, can we get uh can we get like more blood? Like can you make it grow? Can, uh what about oh what if like knives fall from the ceiling? And yeah. he's like, That doesn't the, yeah. mean what? No. And that's again, so he used to be this poet and now he's like, I'm the guy who makes the blood and the gore. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're chasing art. You need to be chasing money. Like that's yeah. It. Like that. It's done. Red <laughs> yeah. equals green. Let's go. Whoa, love that. Yeah. Is red equals green from something, or Wrestling. did you just great? Love it. Okay, cool. So I think we fixed the movie. I think so. And then at the end, after she kills her murderer, does she retire from acting? Does it? Do we just say, well, it's a job well done, I, I, and then I, I, we I, see her murdered on stage <laughs> the next day? Well, I, I was saying when she leaves, she still sees the guy. Because she can she never escape it, and that's ah, that's that's, right. that's our that's right. little like, you know, it, life is sure tough, ain't it? And then maybe she's on stage the next night, getting murdered, and she looks into the audience, and they're all the guy. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you know, the I, final Tanya stab, thing. and she it's dies. That, it's that I Tanya Oops. thing where she looks in the camera, and goes, "You all became my abusers, right?" Like, yeah, all of this audience is making her relive this to again get money because money is how we survive in this world. It's like in order to survive, I have to keep dying and reliving all of this horrible shit for you. You are all my predators. Yeah. Great. And there you have it. We've done it. We've done it. I don't know that Google is this will a be Netflix movie? Me. It's n- I don't think so. I think it was theatrical. Let's see. Uh, okay, Google. What was the budget for the movie The Most Assassinated Woman in the World? Here is information from Wikipedia. Doesn't help me. Uh, filmed over the course of a month and half, uh, a month and a half on an estimated budget of ugh, 4.5 million euros. Hmm. And then it was released straight to Netflix, which it truly feels like a straight to Netflix movie. Yeah. It like it, it feels like the French would have an idea of like, we make uh, movies for the cinema. They are art. But this one feels like from the get go, it was intended <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a Netflix movie. Yeah. So I don't really know how we calculate. I mean, you know, because it's in terms of number of two second views, but it's also a yeah. French movie. So um, I don't know how many people are tuning I mean, into a French movie. This segment has always been a little loosey goosey, anyway. I don't. I know. think it's pretty scientific, <laughs> Fesh. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that we double whatever it was. <laughs> it just we're times two. It it's yeah. just times two. <laughs> yes, exactly. Love it. Love it. I once again forgot to do recommendations this week. So yeah, you but we've first, talked about them. Jake and the Leprechaun, I Afraid of the Dark, the Sweeney Todd. I'm going to bring up Freaked mm-hmm. again because it's circus milieu stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Wizard of Gore, if you're just here for the gore stuff. I guess I'll bring up uh, Annihilation because Go that on. is the most like horror movie as metaphor oh, for sure. grief and yes. dealing with trauma. Yeah. And also there's some like crazy gore in it yep, as well. Yep. Definitely. So I'll, I'll do that one. I feel like I had some more too, but yeah, those those are the one. Oh, um, Grand Piano. This is. Uh, tell me about Grand Piano. Grand Piano is uh, Frodo. What's Frodo's name again? He's cool. Uh, Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood is a pianist who freaked out one uh, on stage one day, and then he's coming back. But I refuse cool. to play the song that I'm triggered by. <laughs> And okay. Because that's the thing that made me freak out. Meanwhile, um, John Cusack uh, has has fucked up with his music sheet and has a bunch of instructions on it, and and there's an earpiece involved, and he's like, "You're gonna play that thing today, or I'm gonna shoot you." There's a sniper on him the whole time. Why is there a sniper on he's the gonna piano sh- player? 
because John Cusack's going to shoot him if he doesn't play the thing. I don't want to give away the ending, but like that's that's oh. where we. So John Cusack. So John, I thought John Cusack was like the stage manager. No, no, or no. You don't. John Cusack you is like only, a psycho. You Got only it. hear okay. him for most of the movie. He's the one in the earpiece who's demanding. So Got it's it. like this tension of a thriller happening in front of an audience, but he can't let the audience know that something's up. But there's a built-in justification. That's cool. There's a yeah. There's a built-in justification because he's coming back from a mental break. So when he gets up and runs off stage after a song, like people are like, "Okay, oh, he's oh, having another mental but we're break. forgiving yeah. and yeah, what? It's yeah, 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 it's yeah. it's really fun. Cool. When did it come out? I haven't I heard of it. 2012. Interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Yeah, I I, I think it's real fun. So grand cool. piano, grand piano. Okay, great. Is there a, is there anything I'm forgetting? I don't think so. I feel like this was a quick one this week. Um, yeah, we've done quicker. I think have we? I think the dead don't die is like forty nine minutes. Oh, hey, good for us. Yeah. Uh, maybe horror movies are easier to fix. Neither of those was really a horror movie. Right, maybe horror like adjacent. Yeah. Horror, horror adjacent movies. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there you well, go. I haven't okay. done as much like completely unreal. I was listening to those old episodes where I would just be like, anyway, here's a story about a time I saw a movie. And we would just go off on that for a little bit. I, I feel like I've been pulling back on those quite a lot lately. Uh, I think that's what the people come for. Maybe. So. Uh, but I hope so. But yeah, I, 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 uh, nothing, uh, I, I talked about wrestling here or there, but it was all still about the central theme and fully uh-huh. just be like, what does fo- hoisted by the petard mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay like, great like those golden era age uh, i will start thinking of some of, some of my own uh rambling stories to add in and uh but only if uh, you're reminded of it you don't have to do it just i'm to gonna come it. up with a list that i'll sprinkle in so uh, yeah one time me and my context. sister went to the beach and uh this guy showed up and... <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's a story that really in my real life <laughs> happened to me you gotta use it for your art nicole you're right and that's the only way to confront your that's trauma. All podcasting is is bloodletting, guys. <laughs> um, okay, great. On that note, I've been Nicole. I've been Fish, and this has been Real, Real Big, Big Fix. Fix. Uh, bye. bye.